Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, Season 2, Episode 21. Yes, we're back, three episodes this week. It is Green Final Week, so we're happy to be talking all things uh, Women in League. Uh, all right, guys, well, let's dive straight into the mailbag because there is so much happening this week with the Grand Final coming up, and uh, that's what our listeners want to know. They want to know, what is our Grand Final score prediction? Sienna? Oh, I think the St. George Dragons are going to come away with this one. They've built build really nicely over this season and progressively gotten better as a team. Um, I think they're just going to edge the roosters here. I'm going 14 to eight to the dragons. No, excellent. Well, that's, uh, I think uh, our next guest will probably be happy with that prediction. Look for myself. I'm, uh, I think it's going to be close. Um, And I think I've said this on previous episodes that I reckon the dragons, they're just going to get this done. I think it's going to be two points. I think Rachel Pearson's going to kick one from the sideline. I've got 18 points to 16 for the dragons. Uh, Tash, what about yourself? Yeah, I tend to agree. It will be a close one. Um, Even if, uh, the dragons get out to a quick lead as long as they're, um, you know, that they don't have those that nervous rattle that they started the semis with. But yeah, I think the dragons will come out with this one. But I'm I'm saying 24-22. All right, guys. Well, let's move through to our next segment for tonight. All ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? If I can influence people positively, then my work here is done. Yeah, and a very special uh, All Ball episode for you this week as we, uh, well, we get the privilege of dialing in uh, the very own Jamie Soward, coach of the NRLW Dragons. Uh, Soward, welcome to the show, mate. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I felt like I'm loving what you are doing in this space of uh, the Women's League and uh, we've been friends for a while now, so I've been hassling you to come on the podcast. It's nice of you to finally let me on your uh, on your podcast, man. <laughs> Mate, it feels like we're bringing the band back together and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, been a, it's been a good journey talking all things footy for a couple of years, but um, Sally, let, let's dive into it because um, we've got we've got plenty of, uh, plenty of questions for you. Um, and, and obviously, we're going to bring you back on the show, mate, to talk all about your playing career um, and dive all the way into it. So let's um, let's throw on your NRLW coach's hat on for for this chat. But um, mate, just want to get a bit of a sense as to you know your starting your start out into coaching. So talk to us a little bit about sort of post footy and you know some of the some of the you know the roles that you had there at the Dragons and I guess that moment that you realised you know that this coaching things for you. Yeah, so. I'd- when I retired, I sort of, um, everyone asked me if I wanted to go into coaching and I didn't really take that route. I wanted to um, go into the media and sit back and just watch footy without having the pressure of worrying about wins or losses. And um, the, the opportunity came up working with Hook at 2GB uh, once he got the Dragons job to just dabble at uh, being a kicking uh, consultant and going in there and just working with the kickers and you know, um, helping with their game plan and stuff like that. And then, you know, when the COVID stuff hit, uh, media was getting trimmed down, you know, people were doing multiple roles. So I sort of found 
you know, uh, I guess a real lean period of what I was going to do next. And, you know, I approached the Dragons about um, trying to – I said I'd do anything. Was the, It was the text message to Benny Harron and um, it so happened that there was some readjusting happening and he said he'd get back to me and you know, I went for the interview for them and um, they asked would I be NRLW head coach and also do some stuff with NRL and, and pathways, but my main job would be the NRLW head coach and – I hung up their Zoom interview and, and I said to my wife, like, I hope I get the job now because I really want to do it and, and test myself. So, um, yeah, I was very lucky that Hedy um, got the opportunity uh, to be able to be the attacking coach for the NRL squad and uh, he assembled this squad, so he'd passed it over to me. But I think the for me, the the itch started to get more once, you know, I got involved last year with the Dragons and that, that team camaraderie and spirit. So, uh, yeah, but jumping into it full time this year has been um, it's been a, a crazy ride, which is cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it certainly has. And and so he, uh, talk to us a little bit about you know your your found passion for women's rugby league because mate, you know you peel back the curtain a little bit. Obviously, you've got your own family, you've got your wife, and you've got a couple of young girls there. And um, you know, again, we're, we're only sort of four seasons into the NRLW competition, but yeah, tell, talk to us a little bit about your connection there with women's rugby league, and you know, I guess your contribution to it, and um, yeah, it, it, it's pretty special what's happening in the game at the moment. Yeah, I think when NRLW started, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, I sort of had my own ideas about how they could make the game, you know, faster and, and more. Um, applicable to the smaller girls. So, I, you know, I tossed up, I interviewed, you know, the top players about maybe making it 11 a side or one marker just to keep the ruck um, moving so it was a cleaner game and, yeah, got met with a big stiff arm and, and that's fine. But I sort of never really paid too much attention to it unless I was covering it for the media. Um, since, you know, 2018, I've I'd had a little girl. I've had two little girls now and, um, you know, I haven't hid the secret that I, I just want to be the best role model for them and, and passionate about women's sport, but also just women being successful in whatever they want to do professionally. And, you know, when I got the job, I, I said to Kezi and the leaders, like, I'll do anything for you, um, but we also sort of need to have a mutual respect that I'm not going to be the same as every other coach that you've had. So, you know, my passion and emotion is something that the girls had to get used to, but I think having two little girls and a successful wife who's – climb the, the corporate ladder at Harvey Norman and showing the way for, for our little girls, but also, you know, um, women and being professional in the workplace has really driven that and lit that fire within me to be the best that I can be for my girls and give them every opportunity. So, um, and I've, I've transferred that into my coaching. I don't think there'd be anyone in the squad, or I hope there's not anyone in the squad that would say that, um, you know, I wouldn't go and, and, you know, I'm honest and, and stuff, but I wouldn't go into battle for them because I, you know, I'm very protective of of the squad and, and those girls that have worked hard. So it's a it's a huge passion. And, you know, when you have two girls, it's the coolest thing because, um, you know, they always want to come home and, and cuddle daddy and, you know, he's always going to be there to protect them. So, yeah, I think that once I had two girls, I was pretty stoked to be in the girls' space. And, you know, I'm a girl dad. I paint my fingernails. I get my hair done. I love all that stuff, so I'm committed. I mean, absolutely, absolutely love that, and uh, a lot of a lot of parents who are listening are sort of nodding along as well. And mate, it's the Dragons. Sowie, talk to us about this this club of yours. I mean, you've got a big grin on your face um, as as we talk about it. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, all of all the NRL franchises, they're great opportunities. But mate, this is the Dragons. Tell us a little bit about your connection with the club because there's a lot of love there. 
Yeah, there is. And when I left, I probably left on a um, a sour note, and I was bitter at the club probably for a long time. But you know, getting back in and I'm seeing people that were so happy when we were successful in 2010, and you know. It sort of just felt right. Like if, you know, I joked that if you're writing a movie script, it's it's like you come full circle and you get back to being that opportunity. And, you know, I always love the Dragons. My dad was a Dragons fan. My stepdad's a Dragons fan. Every second person's a Dragons fan. So, um, you know, to be back at the club where I was successful um, as a player and to be able to to pass on my knowledge and, um, you know, to, to other players within the, the club, both men's and women, and also share stories and, you know, work through this together to get the club to where we want it to be is a huge privilege and I don't take that lightly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's sort of funny that there's only six clubs at the moment in NRLW and the opportunity comes up to be back at a club where you win a premiership and you get to be the head coach. Like, it's pretty cool and surreal to be able to do that. So I'm excited at the opportunity that I've been given and, like I said, very proud and thankful that you know, it's back at the Dragons where I have a special connection. Yeah, no, definitely definitely seems like fate, that's for sure. All right, mate, well, let's, let's dive in and talk about your incredible squ- uh, squad that you've built here and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously reflect on, you know, what has been a really impressive season so far. Just talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of those early days walking into the club um, and I guess, you know, managing and being a head coach of the NRLW system, it's a little bit different. You've got, you know, people who are balancing other responsibilities as well. So, yeah, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your first impressions and some of those early days bringing, bringing the squad together. Yeah, well, first impressions were, you know, like I said, I've always been grateful for Hedy and the staff that he had that built the squad um, for me. We, yes, we've had added some players after that through injuries and, you know, work stuff and stuff like that. But the, the core of what he built and what he envisioned, I think, was very similar to how I saw it. And early doors, we just had to make sure that we started to get to know each other. So I was heavily invested in calling the girls and letting them know that I am a bit different uh, to what they've had in the past. But, you know, I, I, once I we trust each other, we're in it together. So um, early doors was about establishing that connection letting the girls know that uh, what my direction for them personally, but also the club and set that culture. And I think that's been one thing. Uh, if you talk to the girls at our club is they've loved uh, the fact that we've set some standards and the culture. And um, you look at the short season of the NRLW, I think there's times where we've leaned back on that stuff that we've set early in um, our preseason and then been able to do that. Um, I also uh, invested in, getting to know the girls, you know, away from footy. And I think that Wayne sort of taught me that and, you know, Hook's big on getting to know players away and, you know, coaching these days is more about, um, you know, understanding what players go through. And I had to have girls that were working full-time and, um, you know, that, that get their period. So I needed to, to read what it's like for a girl to have a period and come to training and understand what it's like if she has a period on game day and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, as a male staff, we've got four or five male staff, I think, that haven't worked as a team together. We, we read some really important information around that, and I think the girls understood and respected the fact that um, the resources that we've put into it all uh, was going to benefit later on down the track. So early doors, it was a lot of building trust and understanding that, hey, I'm in this for the long haul and I'm in it to make us better, but I'm also in it to win. So um, don't get it twisted that, you know, whilst we put everything into it, that 
when we're taking our eye off winning the whole thing. So um, early doors, it was a it was a challenge because I think the girls, some of the older girls probably had watched me play or heard stories about me. Um, and then yeah, breaking down that barrier. And I think once we got there, we've you know we've um, respected and trusted each other, which has been good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk winning and let's talk about what you've built because, look, the NRLW competition, I, I often refer to it as a tournament just because, obviously, it is a bit shorter. But, Sowie, it, it, it's just the intensity and the roller coaster. You know, you, you, you speak to a lot of people in rugby league and it's always, you know, a week at a time. But, you know, when it comes to the NRLW, that, that's that's kind of been the experience, right? You drop a game, you drop two games and the whole thing's over. So talk to us a little bit about the journey you went on. Um, obviously, you know, very, very successful this season so far. And, you know, we, we'll talk about some of the challenges that, that you've still got ahead of you, um, you know, heading into heading into the, the grand final. But, um, yeah, talk to us about the season because, um, yeah, pretty pretty successful one so far. Yeah, I think we looked at the draw and um, firstly we were excited at the fact of getting two home games. Um, one of those was a standalone against the Roosters at Cogra. And the other one was Parramatta, where it was a triple header. And um, we didn't have to go to Brisbane, which is always a bonus. We didn't have to travel, but we had two really tough trips to Newcastle. So, yeah, the first one against the Titans probably really was our most important win, you know, in, in the first couple of weeks. Only because, like you said, if you dropped a game and results didn't go your way, you could be almost nearly a win and a half behind everyone. So um, that win against the Gold Coast Titans, you know, a new franchise, new players, new excitement, new hope, new um, fans wanting them to win uh, was a really gutsy win. And by no means, if you looked at us play on the weekend versus when we played in the first time, we're a totally different side, which is what I've loved about our group. So uh, then we come home to Parramatta. It was a big, big weekend, the second triple header. We were the last game. Um, you know, it was a different preparation for us because we were building – uh, still building our performance, but also our first home game ever. So we went out there and, you know, it was torrential rain, but we just defended um, our backsides off and got the win. Um, you know, and I guess in the NRLW circles, the hype probably still wasn't believed because the Broncos had done the job pretty easily in the first two games. And then, you know, we win that game over Parramatta, who I thought were a really good side this year in terms of their forward pack and star power. And, um, you know, how this close this competition is. They went out in the last round on points difference. So uh, going into the Broncos game, I was really confident with our ability to be able to push them the whole way and our game plan understanding, but we probably just just missed the kick on a few little things. Um, but I actually came out of that really excited because it was my first loss as a coach. And as a player, you know, I'd, you wouldn't see me for three days, but as a coach, I had a responsibility to learn what it felt like to lose, but also how to teach these girls how to bounce back after losing and approach that in a different way. So, um, you know, I was pretty positive after the game, looked at the tape, we addressed where we could be better. And then, you know, we, the next week we got to Newcastle and start really sloppily. I thought it was an unprofessional performance from a team that um, knew that we could do better and knew that we could play better. And then the second half we played like that. So, um, yeah, we win that. And then the last game against the Roosters was, again, it was a difficult one because so many scenarios about playing for a minor premiership. And you can say you don't think about it, but you do think about it. And I'm sure the girls did that. Um, and then we sort of, last week, you know, we put ourselves in a really good position 
um, to go and, and make this grand final, which we were able to do. But I just felt like last week, um, you know, we'd been building to that performance and we started a little bit frantically, but off the back of, you know, some really clever play from Keely Davis, who's just an outstanding footballer. And I'm sure Sienna has probably grown up watching her play and how good she is. But, um, you know, I just felt like defensively we've been really, really stout in our, all of our performances. I think average-wise, you know, it's the best NRLW performance ever by a team, you know, with more games as well. So, you know, that's something that we can hang our hat on. But I, I just felt like we've every week, even after the Broncos lost, we've steadily been increasing, you know, our knowledge, our thirst for and our hunger for winning. And that's been an important key factor to driving us to the grand final on Sunday with, with um, you know, a big opportunity to make some history. Yeah, absolutely. And and it certainly hasn't all gone your way. You've certainly come up against a little bit of adversity. Uh, Sowie, injuries hurt at the best of times when you're in longer <laughs> campaigns. And, mate, talk to us a little bit about the impact of these injuries in the NRLW because, um, you know, an ankle sprain or, or something like that, it can completely derail someone's campaign. Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about some of the challenges you've had. Man, I had three broken hands in the first two weeks. I had Kezi, Talay, and then Tegan Dimmick against the Broncos. So the first three weeks, um, Chapo had a fractured wrist. Uh, Chantel Tagaga, you know, hurt her ankle against the Broncos. Kezi had done a hamstring. And it feels like we've been playing 20 rounds by the time we got him back. But, um, yeah, credit to our medical staff and our strength and conditioner and Everyone's just been on the same page. So, you know, the, the fact that we've had 24 players, I think round three we debuted 10 girls in NRLW, which is, I mean, apart from if you have a brand-new team and no one's played NRLW before, it's it's really tough to have that many debutants. But uh, we kept it simple and the game plan was there for them. So injuries are always going to be a part of footy. But, man, I couldn't believe, like, broken hands, you never see them. And I had three in the first sort of couple of weeks. So uh, when the physio had come over to me, I said, you tell me you got another broken hand, man, I don't think I can take it. So, um, but again, we, we worked through it. We worked it out. And um, as of Sunday, I've got 23 out of the 24 players eligible um, for, for grand final. Yeah, that's right. It's it's all sort of come together, which is great. So we, obviously, you know, it, it's hard to pick out individual players because, um, you know, obviously if you had so many great performers throughout the season, but probably that, that's that's the point that I wanted to raise with you is that, you know, a, a lot of teams, they can be a little bit one-dimensional, one-trick pony, maybe a particular position group has kind of carried the team. That's certainly not the case with the, the, the team that you've built. You're getting contributions from one through 17, I guess, um, talk to us a little bit about that and I guess your pride in, in your team. Yeah, look, I think we, yeah, we often concentrate too much on the star power that teams have in NRL and NRLW, but, you know, for us, we needed to be a hardworking team that um, firstly understood what our identity was and that was going to be off defence, but also um, knew that, we had skill position players like an Emma Tonner guard and Emma hadn't played for seven years. And, you know, I remember the first week going in, she's like, I don't know where I should be standing defensively. I said, well, Emma, you just play. And, you know, if you mess up, I know you'll do it a hundred mile an hour and we'll just work through it. And then, you know, that gives everyone confidence when you've got a, a player who's been on the biggest 
stage in the world and won a gold medal for your, their country, it becomes infectious because then you you find yourself challenging the older girls, and I did that, and I'm not going to hide the fact that you know, Holly and, and Kez um, were some really honest uh, conversations about what I wanted from them, but also um, that they're not going to play for the next five years. They're, this is their legacy that they're leaving the St. George of the Wild Dragons in a better place. Um, and I couldn't be prouder of those two. I think that, you know, both of them throughout this short season have had games where they've been our best player but probably haven't been recognised as such and also, you know, done a massive job in bringing the next crop through. And then you have, you know, Rachel Pearson and Talia Fulmayano who, you know, are pushing for an origin and uh, spot and, and looking at maybe getting at the Gillaroos at the end of the year. Um and I've, I've ridden them hard. You know, I've been really hard on Rat and, and Fui and getting them to understand what a, a full 70-minute performance looks like. So there's so many players in our squad, you know, that have sacrificed and done so much. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited at the fact that we've built it in such a short time. The sad thing is that season two probably won't look the same, um, which is really, really sad for me because I've got a great group. But um, in terms of us as a team... You know, I haven't even mentioned the best player in the competition, I think, in Elsie Albert, um, because Elsie is such a special person and character that has um, developed into this lovable, um, you know, person that we just can't do without in Elsie. And um, she does all the little things right to get her body in such peak condition. And I said to Elsie, you know, you're just, you just go out and play, um, but you can't do that unless you're the fittest you've ever been. And if you meet Elsie up close, she's a, a fantastic um, you know, physique for a female rugby league player and she works really hard at that. So, again, so many special stories, but also so many uh, special characters and people that I've met. You know, I haven't even touched on, um, you know, all of them, but there's, um, you know, certainly I spoke about Keely, but like a, a girl like Quincy Dodd, probably should be starting at any other club, you know, comes to us in the draft and had to open her mind with Keely about potentially playing 13, potentially playing seven off the bench or a different style, how we wanted to play. And, you know, all those girls have bought in. And I think that that's what's made it a full team effort, not just relying on one person to or one group to get us out of trouble. I've challenged them all individually and I've challenged them as a group and, um, They've responded. Final questions, yeah. Howie. You've been really kind with your time. Mate, you've been there as a player, obviously, and you're about to experience it as a coach. I mean, as we as we get closer to, to kick off in, in the big GF, how, how do you think the, the nerves are going to be? You know, when you compare that to being a player, you compare that to being a coach, uh, yeah, I guess talk a little bit about it because, you know, we're, we're, we're getting very, very close to grand final, almost grand final eve. Yeah, talk to us about the preparations for yourself. Yeah, last week I was probably more nervous um, and the girls felt that. They were teasing me about it. But I just knew the pain of what losing would be. And, you know, I've also been on the other side of the spoils of what a grand final week can look like. So um, our preparation, you know, Tuesday was a really good session for us. I thought it was the best we'd trained 48 hours after a a um a game and it was some honest feedback for video and and some tough stuff for us getting ready for the roosters but um you know once we fly up to to brisbane um the grand final week is 
you can get distracted really easily. So I've been focusing and probably last week I didn't have enough to do. So I was really nervous. Whereas this week, you know, I've got enough um, stuff on that I have to keep the girls busy. So I'm, I'm sort of coaching a couple of days out. And once we get the game day, it'll take care of itself. The girls are one of the most compliant bunch of um, female athletes that I've ever seen. Um, they do everything, you know, to their utmost profession. And you know, that's probably the, the week that I've had is probably been a little bit more relaxed because I've had more to do. Whereas last week I didn't have anything to do. Um, so I was probably a little bit nervous, but I'll be nervous. I'm emotional. I think anyone, you know, I know Tasha's down there. She's asked me questions, probably can hear me in the commentary box when she's <laughs> commentating. But, you know, I said once I got this job that, you know, two things. I'm not going to be anyone different than I was when I was playing. And if I was going to change as a coach, then I probably shouldn't do it because it meant I wasn't all in. Um, and I've got enough friends. I don't need any more. I tell the girls all the time. So. If someone doesn't like it a certain way, then, you know, I, I, sometimes I need to learn from that and listen, but other times I just need to trust my instincts and go with that. So um, I think I've been true to those two things heading into Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tower. Look, we just want to thank you for coming on the show and, and sharing some time. I know grand final week, it's, it's pretty full on, but, uh, no, look, you've got everyone behind you. Your family are incredibly proud of you, your mates, your friends, and, you know, the town's a buzz for the Dragons, and you're incredibly proud of the squad and um, got everyone behind you. So all the very best for the weekend, for the big one. Uh, wish you all the success, and hopefully you're coming back with that title. No worries, mate. And like I said, yeah, appreciate all the coverage. Yourself and Tasha and everyone's been pushing for the NRLW. It's a really... Um, I guess, big space at the moment. And the girls are certainly, you know, um, excited about the fact that we're getting so much coverage and people are sitting up and taking notice and uh, enjoying the product at the moment. This is the best shape it's ever been in. So we're looking to you know, bring that trophy back on Sunday potentially and, um, you yeah, hopefully create our own history. Right, guys. Well, that, that was a great uh, segment there with Sowie. Let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Tash. Well, Sienna's had to run away. I think she's um, jumped on a call with Sowie to get a little, get a few tips of herself. They're both uh, halves that they could, they could, uh, yeah, talk about rugby league uh, nonstop. So just me and you for rapid fire. But the question we've got is, who's been sort of the most impressive rookies from season four of the NRLW? Tash, it, 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 you know, one of the things that we spoke about in the preseason is everyone strap in because there are going to be new names, there are going to be new faces, and, uh, you know, it's going to be the big flavour of season four of the NRLW. Plenty of new talent coming in, and, uh, you know, we, we certainly have been, we haven't been disappointed. Plenty of, plenty of young stars who have really hit the ground running. I know it's difficult. Uh, I know you've got quite a few favourites, but, you know, was, it, was there any particular rookies that really caught your eye this year? Yeah, there was, uh, Dan. The rookie combination that that uh, the half and five eight for the Dragons, um, you know, uh, Rach Pearson and Fui Maano, they're, they're outstanding, and they're they're the only team that actually didn't have an international in the halves. And the confidence that Sowie has instilled in them, and the way their differences. Um, the way they approach a game actually complement each other is absolutely fabulous. And I and I can't go past mentioning Olivia Koenig. 
she's a bolter. She's she's had an exceptional season. Um, so, yeah, look, I, if I had to narrow it down to three, there's probably some more I could say, but I'll just stop at those three. Yeah, that's right. I've got a big list here. But you know my thing with the women in league show. I've always got to somehow tie back to my mighty Newcastle Knights who, you know, obviously it was a tough first campaign, but, you know, we'll be back bigger than ever. But uh, our winger, Caitlin Varcolo, you know, we've had her on the show previously. Um, and go back, our listeners, and have a listen to that. Obviously, there's been some real stars across a lot of the teams that have been competing in finals football. But I thought, you know, for Caitlin, that was a that was a really, uh, that was a really special first uh, hit-up uh, campaign there for the Newcastle Knights. And again, we're looking at um, some of our younger players to help us sort of build over the next few years. So I thought she was particularly impressive and uh yeah Knights fans hold in there it's uh the the future is looking bright for us but Tash wow what an incredible week here at Mojo Sports when it comes to women in league I mean it's grand final week we are so excited congratulations to the St George Illawarra Dragons and the Sydney Roosters to making the big dance uh, it's hard to, to pick sides. Both teams certainly deserve the title. So, look, can't wait to, I guess, jump back in the seat next week and uh, talk about the victor. But uh, to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support here in the Women in League show where we're trying the very best we can to continue to promote the game. So, And the way in which you can help is to continue to download the show, share with family and friends. And But until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.